Welcome to the Brett Boone Podcast as we explore the mind of former MLB All-Star, Silver Slugger, and Gold Glove winner Brett Boone as he sits down with his friends from the world of professional sports. On this special episode of the Boone Podcast, Brett sits down with actor Lucas Black, star of the movie 42, to talk about his career and the legacy of Jackie Robinson. Thank you, Jack. What are you thanking me for? I got family out there from Louisville. I need them to know. I need them to know who I am. And now, here's your host, Brett Boone. Welcome to the Boone Podcast. Today on the program, we've got a very special guest. As Major League Baseball honors Jackie Robinson this week, we have one of the stars of the hit film 42. He portrayed Pee Wee Reese. And I went back and rewatched it. Uh, that's what he he's he's in one of the biggest scenes of that movie. For me, it was the scene. Uh, and yeah, by the way, did. what a career! Sling Blade, Go, Ghosts of Mississippi, Friday Night Lights, Seven Days in Utopia. It's part of the Fast and Furious franchise, and recently ended his six-year run on the hit show NCIS. Ladies and gentlemen, Lucas Black. Lucas, how you doing? Fantastic, Booney. Hey, appreciate you having me on here. Very cool. Thanks, we're gonna uh, get into we're gonna get into a lot of your movies today on this podcast. Right out of the gate, what's harder to play? Pee Wee Reese at short, uh, Mike Winchell at quarterback, Friday Night Lights, or Luke Chisholm, the golfer, and my favorite because man, that's a dream of mine. Give me give me cameras, and let them follow me around, and I'm gonna portray a golfer in a movie. What was easiest? Oh for you? man, well, pre- uh, that's a, that's a good question. Um, you know, I play a lot of golf, so um, that that came pretty natural to me. And, um, you know, I think I, – I guess I'd have to say Pee Wee Reese, and only because getting used to the glove, the 1947 glove, the size and uh, not much padding, right? And also the cleats, we had to, we had to wear um, – you know, the cleats that they wore back in the day. So not a lot of sole, very hard bottom, you know, made of wood. And so there was, um, during the training, like we practiced before we started filming. Um, and I had to tape up my toes a lot because there were a lot of blisters from those cleats. And uh, getting used to the glove, man, um, you had to be really soft with your hands. It was almost like a drill. Nowadays, you know, they have those uh, mitts that you use for uh, drills, like with the skills. And so it's like you really had to learn how to be soft with your hands. Uh, so that was probably the hardest. Um, Friday Night Lights was awesome. Got to reminisce about my high school football days. Um, you know, so that was really fun. But, yeah, I'd have to say I'd have to say Pee Wee Reese, you know, preparing for it was probably the toughest. Yeah, because I, you know, I got one of my grandpa's old gloves, and he played. Matter of fact, he played right in the in the Jackie Robinson era. Gramps played from uh, forty eight to fifty nine, and yeah. I've got one of his old gloves, nice. and and it's probably a similar one that that you were using, and you know, modern okay. day, and and the gloves I was using, I couldn't imagine putting that thing up, but that's what it was back then. Um, yes. And the spikes—I don't even know where they got those spikes. Those are true nails. Those those old those old timer spikes. I don't know where they got exactly. them. Exactly, exactly. You when you put that equipment on, we had that wool uniform, all right. And you put those cleats on, and you got that glove, and you really have—you know—there's not much length to the glove, so to catch 
to sort of feel the ground or you really have to get your hands down and squat and get low. And then wearing those cleats and those wool uniforms, you had a new respect for those old timers, man, because uh, they were tough. They were tough, you know. Uh, so that was that was pretty cool to be able to experience, you know, firsthand uh, working on the movie. Yeah, and, and once again, my grandpa, man, he he used to tell me, you know, when in, in modern day when he was still alive, he'd talk to me about my, you know, I'd say, yeah, these unis, this and that. Oh, yeah, kid. Well, you should have seen what I used to wear. We used to put <laughs> cabbage right. under our hats. And and you really do you put on one of those wool unis. And it's like, yes. wow, <laughs> how do you play exactly. it? You, you, yeah, there's no technology. You know, there's a, there's a new, there's a, there's a weight to it. And then you're, you know, you you start sweating and it gets heavier and it's uh it's a whole different deal, man. It's a different ball game with one of them all. Well, I'm going to talk a little bit about when, when I was, a, when I was a kid and this is, this is all I remember from the age of about one years old. I remember every day I'd get up, I'd put my catcher's gear on. I'd go into my grand, I'd yank him out of bed. I'd say, Gramps, let's play. And, mm-hmm. and, and that went for me to the next stage of, of Gramps, you got to pitch to me today, hitting wiffle balls over the house. Ever yeah. since I could remember, that's all I wanted to do. When I didn't have a buddy to play catch with, man, I went out and I threw that tennis ball against a garage. Um, that's right. How do you, did you wake up one day and decide, I'm going to be an actor? You go No, from, I did not. Uh, you go from living no, in I Alabama to being in movies with Kevin Costner and <laughs> Billy Bob Thornton at a young, young age. Yep, yep. Man, it's, uh, it's crazy. You know, I grew up in rural Alabama, and uh, my wife, or my wife, my mama, so I grew up in rural Alabama, and my mom heard about an audition on the radio. And um, and it really didn't even – it called for a certain age group, right? It called for, like, 12 to 16-year-olds or whatever. Well, I was 10. She was like, I'm going to take you anyway. Um, she just felt like I was comfortable around, comfortable around people, no matter, you know, who it was. And, and she thought she might get to meet Kevin Costner. <laughs> <laughs> so she, ta- she takes me to this audition and uh, – the casting directors, they had open calls all over the Southeast and they, and they came to Coleman, Alabama. And, um, they called me in a group about 3000 people, 3000 kids. And, uh, when they called us in, they asked us, you know, where we live, our name and age and all that. Well, they get to me, everybody's saying their name and address, you know, they're all quiet and nervous. And uh, they get to me and they said, uh, you know, what's your address or where you live? And I said, well, you know where Mickey Wiggins' story is? Down 157, you turn left, and I'm the third house on the on the right. And, uh, you know, they're all laughing. They're like, we got to get you to read lines, you know. So they give me lines, and I end up getting the part And um, for that movie. And then after that, I auditioned on tape for Sling Blade. And uh, Billy Bob wanted me for that role. And after that movie was a big hit, Sling Blade was, was what kicked the career off. So I started getting uh, calls and agencies from Los Angeles, and it just kicked off from there, man. But I, but I never knew that there was such a thing as acting, like growing up. I mean, I played outside. I played ball like you. 
you know, uh, with my brother and with my dad and grew up playing uh, all the sports in school. And uh, I played outside. I hunted. I fished. And uh, so I, everything I saw on TV, I thought was real, right? Because I'd watch Old Yeller, David Crockett, and outdoor shows and sports. And that's it. So um, I didn't even know there was such a thing as acting growing up. And so um, uh, that's pretty, it's pretty, it's pretty awesome just to look back and to see how uh, I got into it. But blessed, blessed by God is all I can say, brother. That's uh, pretty awesome. And I mean, you know, a lot of kids would think, oh, what would it be like to be, you know, to be a big time actor when I'm when I'm eight, nine, mm-hmm. ten years old. But, you know, from what I'm hearing here, it really didn't affect your childhood. You still got to do all the things you wanted to do. You had buddies. Uh, yeah. You know, you got to do things That's that right. kids did. So it didn't affect you that much. Yeah. But but yeah. on the side, <laughs> you might have had to tell your buddies, well, I got to go off and shoot this little small film called Sling Blade, That's right. which which years <laughs> later, you're going to look back and go, wow, that was a pretty cool, mm-hmm. uh, you know, beginning of your yeah, career. We were intentional. We were intentional, especially when I was in high, high school, to uh, to try to be at home as much as possible, have a normal life, you know, by uh, my parents really wanted me to experience a normal life. So a lot of the films that I did, uh, I would do during the summertime, or it wouldn't take up a lot of the school year, and I'd have a tutor on set or whatever. So I was fortunate to be able to uh, get projects during the summer and not, not take up all the school year and have, have a you know, whatever you want to call normal life at home in Alabama going to school. And, uh, you know, growing up with friends and buddies playing ball, um, you know, so we were, we were intentional about that. And, um, but it's funny too, because I think a lot of the people in Hollywood really liked it that I didn't care, uh, about being in the, in front of the camera because, uh, for, I did a TV show called American Gothic. And when I went to audition for it, it was in Wilmington, North Carolina, the audition. I go in and all these kids are sitting in the hallway, like with their, with their uh, stage moms, you know, and they're nervous, like reading their lines and quiet. And I'm like, what is going on here? This is weird. And I go in and talk to the director. And uh, I think I read a few lines, whatever. And I go back out. Well, I go outside and they, and in uh, South Carolina, they have these big, beautiful live oak trees and I'm climbing a tree. And the director looks outside. He tells me this story later. He looks outside and he sees, you know, this kid climbing a tree. And he said, whoever that is, that's who I want to play the part. And that's how I got. Now, I did have to audition in front of the studio. So I did have to, uh, you know, perform well in front of them. But that's pretty much how I got the role is not really stressing about it or caring about it or really, you know, wanting to uh, – you know, impress all the Hollywood directors. <laughs> they were they were intrigued by it. Yeah, and and I think naturally, you know, if I was a Hollywood director, I'd kind of be drawn to that. I would assume not that you know I I didn't live that life. I didn't you know I haven't been around. I've been around Hollywood a little bit, but not obviously yep. not like you have and and what you've done for mm-hmm. a living. But I would assume, especially you mentioned the. Uh, the moms there and, and probably a lot of people yeah, yep. that, that come across as affected and, and you know, the yep, typical yep. Hollywood, Oh, look at me, you know, 
So I would I would think directors see that a lot and, and would be intrigued by a little kid that doesn't have a worry in the world. And he's just doing little kid stuff, like you said, climbing a tree. I mean, I think mm-hmm. my eyes would be drawn to someone like that, too, if I was making the decision. Yeah. So, that, yep. you know, yep. that, that's a hats off to your uh, to your parents doing a really good yeah, job. With it. It. Uh, all right. High yeah, school football. You, you mentioned that a little bit earlier. Tell me about uh, yep. athletics in general for you in high school. Oh, yeah. Well, I played uh, basketball, football and baseball until my junior year. And then my junior and senior year, I played golf uh, during the spring. And uh, I was a better better golfer and went to state uh, both years. But, uh, you know, I love I loved playing basketball. Um, just the, you know, inside the gymnasium, having the crowds close to you, a little bit more of an intimate setting. You know, you could feed off the crowd more. Uh, football, I loved football, but wasn't very good at it. You know, I probably weighed 150 pounds uh, my senior year. And I played a uh, split end, but um, but you know, it was it was uh, something that you know I look back on and 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 I was able to use the skills that I learned uh, in my acting career. And, and uh, also a lot of the character traits that I learned, I was able to use uh, to portray my characters, which was really fortunate. You know, I look back over my career. It's funny. Like I told you, growing up, I stayed outside, um, you know, hunting, fishing, riding four-wheelers and, and playing sport. And I got to use all of those things um in my acting career, you know, I was in Friday Night Lights, football movie, baseball movie, uh, 42, uh, you know, golf movie, Seven Days in Utopia. And it was funny, I did, a, I did an interview for um, uh, the new Fast and the Furious 9 movie, which is supposed to come out in May in theaters. And they were asking me about Tokyo Drift. And I was sitting there thinking about it. So I had a go-kart when I was little and literally – we wore our yard out, our grass. We had like a dirt track, just an oval dirt track in our yard. And I, would, I was drifting at, at the age of like 10 in a go-kart. And it just hit me the other day when I was doing the interview. I was like, man, I learned how to drift. Now, they taught me how to drift a car uh, for Tokyo Drift, but still, uh, you know, I was just blown away that I kind of learned that skill uh, riding four-wheelers and go-karts and was able to use it in Tokyo Drill. But, um, but yeah, man, you know, playing, playing high school sports was, uh, is, you know, amazing. It's amazing memory. I look back on it, talk to my friends about it, and just, uh, you know, the camaraderie and, and um, you know, it was just, man, just a fun time in my life, you know. And uh, growing up in Alabama, you know, we uh, – we love to get outside and play play ball, you know, and get after it. And so, um, you know, I'm a pretty competitive guy, and so, uh, you know, it's it's a fun memory. Yeah, and you mentioned how, you know, your your ath- your athletics and as a kid, you know, they transcend and and they 
they branch over to your acting career. And, and you said you had you yep. learned things from playing football. I, I have a lot of athletes That's on the right. podcast, you know, mostly baseball players. But but it's amazing mm-hmm. how many guys come on and say, you know, football taught me things about baseball and, and basketball taught me things about That's baseball. Right. And it gave me a, you yep. know, for guys like for for guys like me and, and Major League Baseball players, it was a good time to get away from baseball instead of just 12 months a year. Mm-hmm. And, and what's happening so much today in 2021 is all these kids are, you know, they're fixated on one sport and, and it never goes away. Mm-hmm. You need a break from that. And I think other things, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. I just think it's important, but it's interesting. You say that even for acting, that your athletics really helped you in your career. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I think that's true for a lot of things in life. You know, we learn we learn a lot doing other things and some things that necessarily aren't the easiest for us. Those are good life lessons for for the things we do enjoy. So I I think that's a really cool thing. All right. So, yep. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just going to elaborate, you know, uh, you know, you learn you learn the basic fundamentals of each sport, right? And when you play different sports, you realize how important they are, you know. And, um, and so that, that's pretty cool. That can stick, that can stick with you, uh, you know, throughout your life um, of kind of just making sure, you know, the fundamentals are there and whatever it is you're trying to do, you know. And so um, that, that was something I learned. And then, um, and then obviously the team aspect and cooperation, working together, uh, you know, on the football field and on the baseball field, you know, you can't do it by yourself. So uh, you got to have, you got to do your part and you got to have everybody else there, um, there helping. And um, so that, those, those things, those things should stick with you throughout life. Cause that's the same way in life. You know, my acting career, uh, you know, I, I, there's no way I would be where I am today. If I tried to do it by myself, I had a lot of help, um, you know, was very fortunate and um, to stay grounded. My parents helped me stay grounded and, and uh, didn't get caught up in a lot of the temptations. And so, um, you know, you hopefully I, I feel like people can take that from uh, playing sports at a young age. You know, it, you can't you can't go through life trying to do everything on your own by yourself. And, and today, uh, you know, sports, especially for kids, you know, we're in a, we're in an era which, you know, I don't like a lot of things about it. You know, these these kids getting rewarded for for not winning and, and you know, these participation yep. trophies. And I just laugh. <laughs> and, you know, I've had oh, <laughs> I've raised man. three I've raised three boys and I've done a little, you know, when I retired, yeah. I did some mm. some travel ball coaching. And, mm. you know, my my message to the kid was. Okay, you're going to mm-hmm. lose sometimes, but it's not okay yep. for you to be okay yep. with it. You see what I'm saying? Right. I mean, yeah, we play to win, yep. and, and yep. life lessons are going to come when sometimes we get our butt kicked, and we and we right. and we dust ourselves off, and we get up. Those are the things that help us later yep. in life, whether it's business, right. whether it's for you, you know, as an actor in Hollywood. These things are all life yep. lessons, and, and when right. you do win, it, it it's so so nice because it's it's not yeah. easy to do to to win that championship yeah. it's not an easy thing and it's a lot mm-hmm. of a uh, humble pie on the way so uh, you know yeah. i really like yeah. and and i really 
love working with kids to, to try to mm-hmm. pass on a little bit what I've learned, you know, through my life yeah, and my that's career. Good. That's good. Uh, yeah. This, uh, so I've got, I've got two sons. I've got a daughter that's nine year old, a son that's seven, and then another son that just turned six. And uh, they, they played basketball for the first time this year. And I was able to coach uh, my son's basketball, my seven-year-old son's basketball team. And uh, it, it was a good, it was a good uh, league, you know, but they, they were about the participation trophies. And, and uh, some of the teams were complaining a little bit because our team was uh, dominating, you know. But, uh, but I made sure at the end, you know, I would like, I was like, <laughs> I got them all trophy. I got them a trophy because we were undefeated. And I'm not, I'm not telling this story to brag because, because, uh, uh, because I was coaching the team, but I'm just telling you, like, I wanted to reward them in a special way instead of them seeing everyone getting a, uh, uh, you know, a medal because they played. I wanted to reward them because they worked hard. We worked on ball handling drills the whole season, and they improved. And since they handled the ball well, they was able to dominate. And so, hey, they should get they earned the trophy, right? So I I, I kind of had that talk you just had with my team. I was like, look, hey, you guys earned it. This is why you're getting this trophy. You're undefeated, and. um so that's that's interesting that you mentioned that because I feel the same way. You know, uh, we got to uh, we got to learn that discipline and working at something is uh, is going to pay off. And if you get beat, that's okay. You got to learn to get back on your feet and try try it again. Keep chopping all right? every day. You know, keep at it. So that's, I, that's right. I appreciate no, no. that. No, and I agree with you. I mean, you should be rewarded. Hard work pays off. You know, you don't get rewarded when you don't work hard. You know, you teach kids to cut corners their whole life and still get rewarded. What kind of reward is that? You know, (laughs) 16th birthday, we're going to get you a 500 S Mercedes. Where's there to go from there? (laughs) You know, and uh, and we all know when we don't earn it. If something's given to us, we don't we don't really appreciate it as much. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Got to get out there right. and learn it. Yep. So it brings me to Friday Night Lights. You're going to be reunited yep. with with Billy Bob, who you worked worked with in in Sling Blade. Now you now you're a young yep. man, or I think you're it's right around your twenty you're twenty two or twenty three years old. Yeah, I was young. Um, That's right. And uh, by the way, Billy Bob, I did a little research on him. He's a big St. Louis Cardinals fan, if I'm not mistaken. That's right. Yep. Yeah, see, you know, he was that. a really good pitcher. He, and, he is uh, or was? He, yep. <laughs> he, he was a really good pitcher. He pitched, uh, he pitched in college and was, and was going pro. And... He broke his collarbone, the third baseman. He was over there talking during warm-ups behind the first base, and the third baseman threw it over the first baseman and broke his right collarbone. And pretty much he started. He said he started acting, and the acting career took off, and so he, he stopped pitching. That's yeah. the story I got, brother. Well, I'll tell you, he got to hang out with Angelina for a minute, and then uh, – I think it's worked out all right for Billy Bob. He's done pretty good. <laughs> Probably better than he, than he would have done as a pitcher. Yep. Yep. 
Yeah, All right, so you get action. to you get to Friday Night Lights, and this is this is what was uh, I was really curious about. Okay, so you said you were a lineman in high school. Now all of a sudden, you're going to be the quarterback. I'm split in. Is split is in. this? Uh, yeah, split in, split in. Yep. I'm curious. Yep. Did you have to go in for that audition and throw? Uh, or or was it a known that you were such a known commodity at that time as no, we want Lucas for this part? Or did you have to go in and and then watch how you move, watch how you throw for that position? Because you're going to be the quarterback in the move. Yep. Well, uh, Peter Berg was the director, and he he asked me, you know, did I play football and and everything? I don't know if I really had to throw in the audition, but. Um, I can't really remember, but, but you know, I'm, I know that they we talked about football and I talked about playing in Alabama. So he was pretty confident that, uh, that I knew how to play and throw a football. And um, so that was fun, you know. You're, growing up, you always you, – you kind of – or some of us, I guess, want, you know, dream about playing quarterback. And so that was fun to be able to uh, play a quarterback in a movie and um, – be able to be able to throw a few passes so uh it was something my 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 stunt double who's been doing stunts with me for oh man i guess ever since friday night lights so what was that that would be over 15 years he played football at uh central florida down here in ucl and so um we you know, hung out a lot. He he would teach me how to throw, and and uh, so it was a it was a blessing to have him on the uh, on the film with me, and um and help me out with with my uh, throwing skills. Yeah, and, I, and that and that gets me to this: how much of that footage that I just watched when I rewatched Friday Night Lights? How much was that, you guys? And how much was that, like you said, stunt doubles? Yeah. Well, um, we actually got to do a lot of it, you know. Um, some of the bigger hits, you know, are usually the stunt stunt doubles. You know, they didn't they didn't want uh, want the actors getting hurt for liability reasons, and and uh, they had to have us, you know, for the rest of the film. But um, that last run, you know, I really wanted to do it, and um, so they let me they let me do that last run which I was proud of, and when they did the throwback to the quarterback. So the throwback to the quarterback, you know, uh, when Mike went, I catch the, I dive and catch the ball in the end zone. So we do that play, and the first take we did, we nailed it. It was supposed to be – they wanted to dive and into the end zone and catch, and we nailed it on the first take. I mean, I thought – I was like, it can't, it can't get any better, you know. Right. And we, guess how many, guess how many times we did it after that? We did it twelve times. We did it twelve more times after that. I'm like, we had it perfect the first time, you know, you know, because the throw would be a little bit off, or you know, it would, it wasn't a diving catch. And uh, I was like, all we had to do was one take, but they just feel like they had to do more. Uh, I guess to feel, I don't know. Like it was like they was going to get something better or worth it, you know? Oh, so, you know, you nailed it the first time, but they're doing 12 more takes and you're at that point, like, what are you looking for? And then they end up using the first take. That's exactly right. (laughs) Yep. 
That's, that's like day, that's bro. like picture day when guys are getting uh, antsy. It's like how <laughs> yeah. many pictures do you need? If you haven't got one by now, you might want to get a new crew to take a picture of. That's right. That's right. All right. So we're going to uh, Seven Days of Utopia. And actually, I really like that movie. I thought it was cool. Just the whole the whole gist of what what it was all about. But uh, you you work opposite Robert Duvall, Luke Chisholm. And for this for this one, it probably wasn't that big of a stretch. I know you're a real good golfer. I think you're a scratch. So that had to be a, a kind of a fun movie for you. Tell yeah, me about uh, Seven Days in Utopia. Yeah, you know, um, yeah, it was really, really fun experience. Um, the book, uh, David Cook's the author of the book, Seven Days in Utopia, and he's a, a sports psychologist. And so I really like uh, reading that type of material. And uh, the book is a really solid book. So I was excited to, uh, to be a part of the film. Uh, that was actually one a, a, a lot of, you know, that was one I was really excited about doing, you know, uh, and to be able to play a golfer. And like you said, I play, uh, I played in a lot of tournaments, competitive golf. And so um, I knew they, that a lot of the PGA tour pros were behind it. You know, Tom Lehman uh, really helped out on the project. And uh, a lot of the guys came down to be in the scenes, uh, you know, Ricky Fowler came, Stuart Sink, KJ Choi actually played one of the characters. And so just to be able to, uh, you know, talk with those guys, learn, learn a little bit about the game and practice with them, uh, you know, was really awesome. And uh, Robert Duvall, man, he is, uh, you know, he's a phenomenal actor. I really like uh, working with him. Um you know, I'm the, I'm the kind of guy in front of the scene that I don't like to rehearse a lot. And so I want to keep things, uh, you know, spontaneous. And I feel like he's kind of the same way. And so we'll do, we'll do uh, each take uh, kind of differently and, and, and ad-lib a little bit and, and throw things at each other. And that's fun. That keeps it fresh and fun for me. And so, um, you know, he, he, he taught me a lot. Uh, how to do that and how to just be flexible and um, and go with the scene, and so that that was special. And he he's really the only actor that I work with that we keep in touch regularly. I mean, he calls me every month. He loves college football. He loves barbecue. He loves taxis. Loves horses. So you know, he's a he's a he's a man's man. And uh, so he. We'll talk about Alabama football. You know, he's a, he's a big Clemson fan. He has a he has a uh, farm in Virginia, but he loves he loves Clemson and Debo Sweeney. But um, yeah, that was that was a special time, a special time in my life too. I just got married, so we uh, that was kind of like our honeymoon, seven days in Utopia, and uh, we love the state of Texas. Um, but yeah, man, that was a fun project uh, to be a part of, and also the storyline. You know, my faith is important to me, um, you know, and so that that story had a, um, you know, a faith-based storyline to it. And so, um, so yeah, it was just a special project, and I'm, I was honored to be a part of it. And, uh, you know, it was, it was cool, man. 
It was cool. And I remember, you know, you, you finished the painting. What's that painting tell you? Well, I play an eight iron back of my stance. I'm going to yeah. hit a little low draw right here. See, stuff like that. Yep. If you're a golfer, it's it, that's just mm-hmm. cool. You know, the, the typical movie yep. goer go there and go, well, I don't know anything about golf. Well, to a, to a mm-hmm. golfer that, you know, it's my uh, my favorite hobby. So I, I relate right. to stuff like that. Yeah. I'm like, he's relating to the painting, yeah. so which the brings slogan, it back to this. So it's slogan, cool. That's right. So the slogan that uh, David Cook, you know, come up with was SFT, the, the, the guy, uh, the teacher, which Robert Duvall played, Johnny is the character's name. Excuse me. He says SFT, which is see it, feel it, trust it. You know, and so that that's basically like a routine before you hit your shot. You see the shot, you take a practice swing or feel it, and then you trust it and you let go, you know. And uh, it correlates, too, with the, uh, with the faith aspect of it in your life. So it's, it's a pretty cool, pretty cool story. All right, so two, 2013, uh, 42 comes out. Huge film yep. and yep. Uh, an important film. To a lot of people, uh, yes. what was a learning process from you? You know, now Jackie Robinson—it's the only number retired in, in Major League Baseball history. Mm-hmm. Obviously, what a huge, yeah. uh, groundbreaking oh, man! I, I don't even know how to put it, but what a mm-hmm. wow to be in his shoes going through that—something yep. and, and just changed you know a lot of things in our country. What was that research like for you and and how important mm-hmm. I know in all your films, it's important to get it as accurate as possible. Mm-hmm. But this being such mm-hmm. a historic, important thing, how important was it to get everything exactly right? I know Bronca was on on the film and I believe Rachel mm-hmm. Robinson uh, had a part in the film from from a historic standpoint. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, um, that's a, that's a special project. You know, when you get the script and you read it, um, you know, it's one that, uh, you know, especially playing a character like Pee Wee Reese, which was a, um, you know, pivotal scene in the movie. Um, you know, that's one that you, you are honored to be a part of. Right. And so, uh, and also it being a period piece, you know, that's, we kind of embrace, uh, you know, my wife and I really embraced just listening to the music in that era and really looking at pictures and just how the style, um, you know, which is something like I don't really care all that much about, you know, in my personal life. But it, it's just cool, you know, when you play a character in a period piece to kind of look back and just see how they how they dress and how they carry themselves. So, you know, as far as that kind of thing, yeah, I would say I did a little research, you know, for my character and obviously learned a lot about, uh, you know, Jackie Robinson as well, you know. Um, but I, kind, I don't really try to get too caught up into, um, you know, really trying to portray exactly how it is in that time because that can kind of lock you up, you know. Um, it, you know, and so I, I just want to be more uh, free in front of the camera. But, um, but you know, just to be a part of that project, um, you know, with, um, you know, all the racial tension that Jackie went through, and and to be it to be a 
a pivotal character like Pee Wee Reese, where you know he he had to he had to let everyone know where he stood, right? That um, he was going to uh, uh, you know judge a man based on the content of their character, not the color of the skin, and he felt like he had to voice it and couldn't just let it uh, you know set to the side. So Pee Wee Reese, yeah, he had to let you know everybody in the stands know where he stood. Um, and he couldn't just let all the racial slurs uh, happen. He couldn't just sit quiet and be uh, set to the side and let, let Jackie take, take the abuse. You know, he had to let everyone know that he was uh, going to judge a man based on the content of their character, not the color of their skin. And so um, to play that character was really, really an honor uh, for me um, just because of uh, who Pee Reese was and what he did for the game and and uh what he stood for and uh you know that that scene being such a pivotal moment in the movie you know is special special to be a part of and it was cool too because you know early in the film you see his other teammates and his other teammates are signing petitions we don't want him on the team and peewee was kind of the the level-headed guy in in that group and said hey Let's see how he plays. It'll work itself out. And then all of a sudden, Pee Wee gets a, a letter and he goes into Brad's Ricky's office and says, hey, I'm a little worried about my, my hardware store, I believe it was, or something. And, and Branch Ricky looks at him, takes out a thousand letters, go, oh, yeah, how do you think Jackie's feeling right now? And, mm-hmm. you know, cut to the next scene, Pee Wee's out on the, on the field, like you said, standing in unity with Jackie. I thought it was a great, powerful uh, scene. Was it a tough yeah. scene for you, or was it just business as usual? No, it wasn't. You know, it was one of those um, from the beginning of the project that uh, was on my mind, right? And so I probably rehearsed it in my head a thousand times and, uh, you know, wanted wanted it to – um, be casual and natural, even though it wasn't a power, even though it was a powerful moment in the movie. Um, you know, I didn't have to bring, um, any kind of like, uh, emotion into it. Does that, does that, does that make sense? Um, and so that's, that's what I tried to do, you know, like, like, men on the ball field playing ball together right and then we were on the same team and that's how um that's how it was supposed to look you know that's that's what i wanted that's how i wanted it to come across and so um you know that's one of those scenes that i was thinking about from the very very beginning when i read the script so um so that's that's how i approached it and um i feel like director was happy with it and so um it was awesome you know Chad, Chad, man, you know, he's not with us anymore. Um, God rest his soul. And he, he was, I learned a lot from him, man. He was a, he was, um, extremely hard worker and, uh, he got after it. And, um, I thought he did a phenomenal job in the movie. And, um, you know, I really love him. And like you said, Rachel, Rachel Robinson, she came on the set a few times and that was special just to be able to uh, see her and listen to her. Um, but I really love how Chad and uh, his wife, you know, on the scene uh, in the movie, 
portrayed their relationship together, you know, because uh, in their in the in the world, right, they're facing all this, you know, abuse and tension and racial, uh, you know, divide and and uh, slurs, and then in their private life, it showed you know, the gentle side and compassion and love that they had for each other and I, and, and the unity of their marriage and how they were sticking it together through the tough times and they had a purpose and a mission. I just thought that was a, a powerful, um, you know, display of, of unity and marriage. And so I was real, real proud of that and just to uh, work, work alongside Chad and, um, see how he you know really uh didn't take didn't take a moment of that movie for granted and was just a phenomenal phenomenal worker you know hard worker yeah great movie and and really you know from all all the people i talked to and obviously i wasn't around back in those days neither were you uh but all yep. from, from all the recollections from people that that were around in that era and said it was, it was a really good job oh i you know i yep. think not only do you have to be, you don't have to be a, a, a baseball fan or, or you just got to be a, you know, a fan of the history and, and a fan of well done movies. But, I, but I thought it was really cool. All right. I got to ask you about fast okay. and the furious. You've been in several of them. You opened it up with the Tokyo drift. That was your first yes. one. I think that was back in 2006. Why do you yep. think that that franchise connects with so many people? <laughs> oh man. Well, I think they really did a good job of creating a diverse family, you know, that that there's a lot of diversity in the characters with uh different ethnic groups and um different backgrounds and kind of uh you know they become friends and then become this family. They call it the fast family, you know, that have this connection of the love for cars and speed. And I think, you know, since they did that, that really brought a lot of people in all over the world that could relate to, uh, you know, a character that they liked. And, um, and, you know, so that, that was special. And then I think, um, you know, just that it, it's got its own, you know, following, but, but man, that's a good question. You know, sometimes in, in entertainment, we don't know why people latch on to what they latch on and, and don't, but, uh, that movie, you know, or that franchise is, is I think the most successful, uh, movie franchise out there. And, um, you know, we're excited about nine. It, it was supposed to come out last year, but it's been pushed back. So, uh, maybe it'll come out in May if nothing else happens. And then they joined us all together. You know, they got, they brought all the characters back that has been in, in the franchise. And so we're all in Fast and the Furious 9, uh, Han's back. And so it was kind of a reunion for us, um, that was in Tokyo Drift. Justin Lin, he directed Fast 9. And so uh, that was that was cool to be able to get back together with all all the characters and and Justin and just reminisce about Tokyo Drift and talk about 
uh, how our lives are, have changed and where we are with our families. And uh, so hopefully, you know, when it comes out, they're, they're wanting to do a fast 10, but I guess they're waiting to see how fast nine does uh, before they decide on that. Well, you, you're bringing all you guys back. That's star-studded. You got a bunch of stars in that one. They're bringing them all together. Yep. Yep. It's, uh, you know, I think that's what the fans wanted. I know, well, especially um, the ones that, that follow me on social media, you know, they they was all like, man, when when are y'all getting back together? When are y'all coming back? So, um, you know, I think, I think they were hungry for it and wanted to see the stories mesh and just kind of, uh, that way it all comes together, uh, the storylines. And so um, so I think that's that's what they were trying to do for Fast 9. So I know, I know everybody's excited about it. NCIS, you wrapped up six years, special agent Christopher LaSalle. Yep. And yep. I did a little research on that too, Lucas. You'd be proud of me. And <laughs> all right. they interviewed a lot of your cast members. And there was speculation, you know, and a lot of times probably in your business, oh, why'd he leave? You know, what's the reason behind we're going to speculate? He really wants to go off and do bigger, a bigger project. But but you said it's time for me to spend time with my family. And I thought that was really, really cool in my career. You know, as an athlete, we only have a certain time, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. why we have our youth to get it done and and to earn our living. And, And a lot of times we don't have a choice. But now I'm able to, you know, when I came home after retiring in 2000, shoot, it's been so long, 2008, I got to spend a lot of time with my kids and be a normal family and get to go to their little league games and and get to watch them grow up. I didn't get to do that when I was playing because I was always going on a road trip when when my kids would have a game, I'd be at the ballpark and and it was kind of a, a pretty cool reward being able to do that. You decided to step away and, and to spend some more family time. And, uh, how's that going? Oh, it's going great. You know, it's, uh, it was definitely, uh, I thank God's timing to step away. Um, just because, you know, COVID that, that was in the fall of 2019 is when I, when I finished. And then, uh, so the year 2020 hit, and, uh, you know, I was, I was at home. I was able to be at home with my family. But, um, yeah, you know, television is a different deal, man. It's fast paced. Um, each, each episode is, it takes eight days, eight working days to shoot an episode. And we were filming 24 episodes in a season, season. And, uh, you know, when you start, when you start a show, the hours are very long. So like the first two seasons, uh, you know, I worked 78, 80 hours a week. It was nothing to work, uh, five, five fourteens or, you know, even five sixteens. And, uh, it's just a marathon, you know, it's a long, long journey. And, um, you know, I was fortunate enough throughout my childhood career, you know, I would ask my mama questions why they did things, why they run, the business the way they run it (laughs) and uh so i was able to see i had some concerns with things that i recognized at an early age and knew that it could be um you know harmful to my personal life to my family life to my relationship with my wife and uh and kids 
So, you know, we knew going into it that we were going to, uh, you know, sacrifice some of those priorities in our lives. And, um, you know, the show was really good. The show was really good to me. Um, so we stayed in it a lot longer. You know, it kept, it kept going a lot longer than we first anticipated or thought. But um, it was time for me to go. You know, it was time. Um, my wife and I, we sacrificed a lot of time, uh, you know, away from each other. Uh, she handled the kids. Uh, you know, I was at work. And um, pretty much when I wasn't at work, I was resting and trying to prepare you know, for work. So I just felt like for me to really be the husband I should be and take care of the responsibilities of, of, uh, being a father that, uh, you know, it was time for me to step away. You know, uh, that's, that's the main reason. Um, you know, there's, there's other reasons as well, but that's, that's the main reason, man. Cause, uh, you know, you don't get that time back with your kids. And, and um, so I wanted to cherish that and it's been going great been going great well and the cool thing is it's your choice you know it, it was something yep. like hey I, right. I can do this and i'm gonna do this not everybody has that that luxury and and that's a pretty cool thing i check yep. you out yep. i've started checking out now on social media and and uh, i see you're having a good time and and you love yep. those outdoors man you love those outdoors yep. hunter hunter fisherman yep. i'm a hunter right. a little bit of a fisherman yep. not not like lucas black though all right <laughs> I, this might be this. You might not even have an answer for this, but I, I want to make it easy. Yeah. Two of your favorite projects that you've done to date. Hmm. Well, yeah, that's, that's a tough one. You know, I got to put 42 up there. I really had a good time making that, making that movie. And that was a good, good time of my life. Um, that, that was right after we had our first child in 2011 and so my wife traveled with me and uh our daughter was there and then just to be able to be a part of that story was special and then also all the guys on the team man we would we would hang out and uh we actually played ball pretty much every day and um and then in the evenings you know with a lot of us would eat together so that was that was cool just the camaraderie uh, with the guys, you know, on, on the um, in the movie on the team in '42, the LA Dodgers, we felt like a real team. So that was that was unique, and um, and working out together too. So I think that one that one's high up there on the list. You know, Tokyo Drift is hard to beat as well. I tell everybody I joke. You know, I was 24 years old, and they taught me how to drift. We would go out there at Irwindale Speedway in California, and basically burn the rubber off the tires down to the tread, pull pull it in. They would put new tires on it, and we'd go back out there. We were burning the highest uh, octane fuel. You know, we were burning jet fuel in those engines, and at the end of the day, they gave me a paycheck to do it. So <laughs> that was pretty special. Yep. When it's all said and done, what do you want to be remembered for? Ooh, man. Um, man, that's a good one. You know, um, I give all the glory to God. You know, he's given me the gifts and abilities um, to do what I do. And um, I tried to let him guide me if it's his will. 
you know, then uh, then I'll then I'll follow. And so, uh, just a man of faith, and um, Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior, and I put Him first in my life. And so, uh, I'll leave a spiritual legacy. I want to leave uh, to my family and uh, to my friends and my fans, you know, because uh, because without Him, I wouldn't be able to do do anything. You know, everything comes from Him. And so uh, all the glory to him. So that's that's what I want to be remembered for, putting him first. That's awesome. Lucas, yeah. uh, it's been a pleasure. I, I appreciate so much you coming on and sharing your life with the Boone Podcast. And what we do here at the end of the Boone Podcast each and every time is we bring back the voice, Dan Levy, and he's got a question for our guest. Danny. Hello, fellas. How are you? Fantastic. All right, Lucas, this one comes from Kevin in Torrance, and he wants to know, Lucas, what movie character do fans most closely identify you with? Hmm, that's definitely uh, Sean Boswell from Tokyo Drill. You know, it's a, it's a um, younger crowd, and I think that's probably the most pop, you know, got to be the, the, the most popular movie I've done, and so people recognize me from Tokyo Drill more than any other project fascinating and very good all right mr black we appreciate you coming on the podcast thank you so much hey thanks for having having me guys and uh appreciate it booney thanks for uh working with me and, and uh being patient with me <laughs> thanks a lot lucas pleasure mailbag all right you know that sound brett that means it is time for the brett boone mailbag let's dig in shall we danny i do know that sound <laughs> Hi, right, Brett. This one comes from George in Dallas. Brett, have you ever played in Augusta? And what is the nicest course you've ever played? Never played in Augusta. Uh, man, and I'm kicking myself right now. I, uh, I played for the Braves one year in 1999. And I got invited to play Augusta several times. But as a position player, it is, you know, it's hard enough playing nine innings every day. And then to throw around a golf in in the morning was just too much, you know. But at the time, I'm 20, 28, I forget what I was, 27, 28 years old. And I thought, oh, I'll play Augusta, you know, no big deal. And now I'm like, wait a minute, that's become uh, one of the things on my bucket list. So, no, I have not played it to date. I, I will. I will. I've got, you know what? I've been so fortunate uh, my life to play a lot of unbelievable golf courses. Uh, my favorite is, is uh, just going up to the peninsula of Monterey and, and playing Spyglass and Pebble Beach, Cypress Point. I've got to play uh, Wingfoot, Pine Valley, uh, New Jersey, number one rated course in, in the world, I believe. Uh, I, I've I've been lucky. I got to play Marion in in uh, Pennsylvania, where they had the U.S. Open. I, I've got to play so many nice courses, but yeah, uh, bucket list. Augusta's on there. All righty, and back to the old mailbag. All right, this one comes from Len in Orlando. Brett, if they were to make a movie on Brett Boone, who would you want to play you? I think Mark Wahlberg. Marky Mark? Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. <laughs> I like him. We're kind of similar in, in stature. 
Uh, I think I'm a little taller. <laughs> yeah, you you are taller than he is. But uh, similar, sim, uh, sim, uh, similar look. But I, I don't know. I like I like his movies, so I, I'd pick him. Have you ever met him before? I have not. I have not. I met him at a weird premiere in Chicago, and he was taking pictures. And I was going to interview him for a morning show, and all he did was he looked at me. and goes, "Hey, what's the Cubs score?" <laughs> And we just started yeah. talking baseball. Well, we, we got to get him on a podcast. I don't there know him that well. I don't know him that well. But if only you knew some people in the sports world that could probably get him. If uh, only you could. I'll right. work on it, Danny. Please do. That's going to do it for the Brett Boone Mailbag. You can always send him a message at Twitter, at the Boone 29 He's also on Facebook and Instagram, and you can get a hold of him there. That's going to do it for the podcast. My name is Dan Levy, the technical director, producer, as well as the voice of the Boom Podcast, executive producer duties of the show is all in the hands of Rich Herrera. Digital content for the Boom Podcast provided by the lovely Liz Landry. Please share the Boom Podcast with neighbors and friends and make sure you subscribe to the Boom Podcast so you never miss an episode of the show. And while you're at it, give it a five-star rating and share your feelings about the Boom Podcast by leaving a review on whatever platform you listen to this show. For all of us here on the Boom Podcast, my name is Dan Levy. Thanks again for listening. We'll do it soon. Take care. Bye.